for the week of April 24th, 2023. This is Diet Science with Dee McCaffrey. Dee's an organic chemist and nutritionist who lost 100 pounds by staying away from processed foods. She's now pursuing a doctorate in clinical nutrition. And every week on Diet Science, Dee covers a topic or two that's important for you and your family's health. This is your co-host, Michael McCaffrey. So, Dee, what's a topic for this week? This week we're talking about a recently published study showing that a particular probiotic strain has is showing very much promise for helping people who have gout. Ah, okay. Yeah, so this was a study that was published in the journal uh, Frontiers in Microbiology, mm-hmm. and it, re- it examined a particular probiotic called Ligalactobacillus salivarius. Okay. Okay. So, so all of our bacteria have very long names like that, and they, um, but that this is a type of bacteria that normally lives in the body's gastrointestinal tract. Okay. So this is normally one of our gut uh, probiotics. Okay. Right. And by the way, we have you know our microbiome and our gut is vast. I mean, mm-hmm. we have you know hundreds, maybe thousands of different types of probiotics um, that are in there, and they all have various roles. And the role of this particular uh, strain of probiotic is to break down purines, um, which are compounds that are typically found in things like um, meat, uh, fish, seafood, um, and especially um, even things like um, brewer's yeast, and uh, some processed foods as well. So um, purine is the problem with gout because Mm. when it becomes excessive in the bloodstream, it can crystallize and then um, basically deposit around joints Mm. and it makes it very painful. So so interestingly enough that we have a probiotic that that exists in our uh, microbiome that its job is to break down these purines mm. um, to basically so that they don't become excessive in the bloodstream. Wow. Yeah. So um, so that is is just really uh, quite interesting. So it's not it wasn't a very big study, okay? It was uh, 30 people. Mm. Um, so we're, we're calling this a pilot study I, yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, 15 people received a the probiotic um, as you know treatment for six months. The other half took um, a medication, a gout management drug called allopurinol. So compared to the allopurinol, which is what we call the standard of care for gout, it's mm-hmm. just the typical medication that people take when oh. they have gout. Um, so compared to that, the uh, the probiotic fared better. It had a better result mm. um, with with eliminating um, basically significant a significant reduction in gout episodes um, and sig- a significantly less need for the use of gout related drugs mm. um, in those who took the probiotic mm. uh, versus those who were taking just the drug of allopurinol. So I'm sure this study is very recent, but you've helped people with gout for years. I mean, what what did you do back then before you knew about this? Well, there is a um, what we would call a, a, a recommended gout 
um, protocol, oh, basically. Okay. Um, and by the way, I recommend probiotics it just in general to most of my clients mm-hmm. um, because it, let's just face it, most people uh, are not eating uh, enough of the, the prebiotic type foods, which are the foods that feed the probiotic in our gut. Um, and a lot of people are not eating fermented foods, which are the foods that provide the probiotics. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are just imbalanced in their uh, bacterial, ba- you know, the good versus the bad bacteria mm-hmm. in their gut. So I typically recommend it. The, the problem with probiotic uh, supplements is that, you know, there's typically um, only a certain number of strains of probiotics and, you know, is there uh, Legalobacillus salivarius in a probiotic supplement? You Probably look for that, not. You got to look for you know? that specifically. Yeah, so you'd have to look for that one specifically. Hmm. Um, and obviously it was used in this study, mm-hmm. but is it available commercially? Um, we don't know yet. I, mm-hmm. I, I think this is a very preliminary study. There, uh, I, I assume that it would come out maybe commercially or maybe as a prescription. Mm-hmm. Um so um, the other the other good news that uh, one of the outcomes of the study would be kind of what we would call a secondary outcome was that the probiotic also improved certain um, blood parameters in the study participants that are related to uh, free radical damage. So it improved any kind of liver damage and also the damage caused by metabolic syndrome, which is you know. Um, diabetes, uh, high blood triglycerides, and high blood cholesterol. So those are the, we, they saw improvements in those as well by mm-hmm. taking the probiotic, mm-hmm. which doesn't surprise me since um, probiotics have been already associated with improvements in those uh, parameters as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, so interestingly enough, um, just wanted to talk a little bit about gout because um, apparent, according to uh, this research, 41 million people worldwide have gout. Mm. And gout is basically a, uh, it's like an, uh, sometimes called gouty arthritis. It's like an, a form of inflammatory arthritis. And like I said, it's caused by an accumulation of excess uric acid in the blood, in the tissues, and also in the urine. Mm-hmm. So... So when this when the uric acid levels in the tissues um, reach what we call a saturation point, meaning you know get, they get so high that the blood can't take anymore, so it starts to crystallize out, and like I said, it deposits in the fluids uh, surrounding the joints, mm-hmm. and um, these little crystals that form they they form into the shape of tiny needles. Mm. So that already sounds painful, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> it is. These little tiny needles are called tophi, T-O-P-H-I, mm-hmm. and they jab their way into the joints and they cause this uh, inflamed, hot, painful swelling that uh, can be very sensitive to the touch, like even just the pressure of clothing sometimes on Jeez. that part of the body can cause excruciating pain. Mm. So... Um, and uh, so basically, and interestingly enough, urine acid crystallizes into these little tofi at lower temperatures, which may explain why roughly 90% of gout attacks affect the cooler extremities in our body, like the big toe. Hmm. Um, they tend to find, we tend to find that it affects the, the big toe hmm. um, and maybe even like 
the left big toe. It seems mm. to be like one foot versus another sometimes mm. in people. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. So like I said, the um, where we get this uric acid um, is from a particular types of foods, as I mentioned, meat, poultry, fish, seafood, nutritional yeast, and alcoholic beverages, especially um, the ones that are made from brewer's yeast, like beer. Okay. Um, and so when these are foods are consumed, the purines are metabolized in the liver and uric acid is formed as a breakdown product that is then released into the bloodstream. So now, interestingly enough, under normal circumstances, uric acid um, is just excreted by the kidneys into the urine and, and it doesn't uh, reach high levels in mm -hmm. the blood. Mm -hmm. um, and in under normal circumstances, a small amount of uric acid um, is kept in the blood at low concentrations where it actually serves as a powerful antioxidant hmm. that protects the blood vessel linings from free radical damage. Hmm. So a little bit of uric acid is good, mm -hmm. but too much causes gout. Right. It's kind of one of those paradoxes of our body is that but we need a little bit, so we, you know, we, uh, but we can't be excessive. And one of the things about gout was, I remember reading this years ago that it was at one time referred to as the rich man's disease mm. because rich people could eat all this protein food, like mm. lots of meat. Right. Um, and so that they were the ones that were developing the gout, whereas poorer people typically didn't because mm -hmm. they didn't have access to, you know, they just did, couldn't afford to eat all that meat right. all the time. Right. So, right. Hmm. so, and it, you know, now it would be considered a disease of modern diets. Mm -hmm. So we tend to be an over, we have, are over consumers of animal protein. But doesn't yeah. our body have some kind of natural part of the system that says, oh, looks like we got too much of this. Let's start clearing that up. Or no, not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're, we've well, got a lot of this and then, oh, your body responds and, or no. Well, we have certain um, biological systems that are designed to regulate, but just like with something like blood sugar, mm -hmm. um, when things become overloaded, when there's like too much of it, right. that turns into diabetes, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. I mean, we do have, for example, if I could use uh, blood sugar as an example, when you have higher levels of blood sugar, your body does have some backup systems. One, the first one is it converts it into glycogen and store, stores it as energy in your muscles. Mm -hmm. Another one is it converts it to fat and stores it as energy in your fat cells. Um, but then when there's even more left and it's very high in the bloodstream, then that becomes toxic mm -hmm. to the body. So mm -hmm. this is, an, this is an, uh, another example of a little bit is good, but excessive amounts become toxic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what does um, so this probiotic obviously helps? Yeah, the probiotic helps because, and obviously, you know, if most people who have gout still need to follow the low purine uh, diet, basically, mm -hmm. you're supposed to limit the foods that are high in purines. Mm. Okay, so limit your consumption of animal proteins. Um, but having this uh, probiotic as part of the treatment um, can help, even with the ones that you eat. So it'll help your body break it down, and then it doesn't become excessive in the blood. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. by the way, one other thing I wanted to, to mention um, in uh, about foods that are high in purines, not just animal proteins and not just beer, but um, fructose leads to the production of uric acid as well. Mm. So, um, so too much high fructose corn syrup in the diet. Um, and then also saturated fats can increase the retention of uric acid in the blood. So if you have a lot of saturated fat in your diet, that might also create high levels of uric acid, basically like holding on to it in the body. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those, and those are two things from the modern standard American diet that could easily be changed. You, know, right. you can cut out your consumption of high fructose corn syrup right. and and saturated fats. Um, now, also in the past, doctors advised people who had gout to cut back on certain types of plant foods that have a lot of purines, mm-hmm. things such as lentils, beans, peas, asparagus, cauliflower, and spinach. However, um, more recent research has shown that moderate intake of those vegetables is not associated with an increased risk of gout. Hmm. So that that was older information that's out there probably still, and maybe some people still think that they can't eat those foods if they have gout, but everything needs to be in balance, you know. And of course, anyone who has an inflammatory condition like gout or arthritis should be eating a lot of anti-inflammatory foods as well. So right. we right. want them to start eating a lot of berries and cherries and leafy greens you know mm-hmm. these are our anti-inflammatory foods mm-hmm. great so we'll have a link to the study link to the study absolutely all right mm-hmm. d anything more before we go oh that's about it i mean i i have i've had a number of clients in fact i think one of my very first clients had gout and she had really good results with changing her diet Yes, great. Yeah. I think there's a video that we have on our website. Yeah, we can put that. a link to that too. Okay, we'll have a link to that that video. All right. All right, thank you, Dee, for another informative week. Diet Science is the official podcast for Process-Free America. We're a nonprofit dedicated to eliminating childhood and adult obesity through nutrition education to both young and old. You can catch this podcast and lots of other great podcasts and articles at processfreeamerica.org. This is Dean McCaffrey, and until next time, go forth and be healthy.